Brother Trace, happy birthday. Sister Tanya, happy birthday. Sister Lacey, Sister Barbara, birthday, 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 birthday. We got all kinds of celebration going on. And uh, I believe we're going to celebrate some new birthdays today. Somebody being born again of the water and of the spirit. That's what we are here for. I am so thankful to have evangelist Nick Mahaney with us. This is a man of God, y'all. I'm so thankful just uh, about two months ago I had the privilege to be in his home district uh, in Arkansas. I was there for their junior camp and uh, it rained like five inches in one hour or something crazy like that. I'm telling you the whole place was flooded. The power went out the first night and uh, you know everyone was wondering what are we going to do? What's going to happen? And Brother Mahaney being the, the redneck that he is, I got a generator in my truck. <laughs> He gets out the generator, we, he powers up, we had a microphone and a light or two, and we started having church, the power came back on, and we just had a wonderful time, I'm so thankful, I've heard him preach many times, and it was so wonderful to see him just minister throughout the week, not behind a pulpit, not with a microphone in his hand, but from a golf cart seat, talking to little kids, aggravating them, encouraging them, speaking to the staff, and just being a light, and uh, just speaking in their lives, and so we are so blessed, it is a privilege to have him here and I know that the Lord is about to speak to us this morning are you ready to hear what thus saith the Lord are you ready for the Lord to move and work and to have his way are you ready do you want it do you want God to move have your way Jesus we invite brother Mahaney to come to speak to us right now come on let's lift up his name right now hallelujah Come on, speak his name right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, begin to speak the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. It rained so much at that camp, they changed the name from crown to drowned. That's the truth. I've never seen it rain like that in Arkansas camp ever. But what a powerful minister we had there, the camp evangelist. We love him in Arkansas district. Everybody's still talking about him. And we had a great harvest there. Listen, the Lord wants to do something in this place right now. God can do more in 15 minutes than I can a preach in an hour. And I don't even know if I've ever preached an hour in my life. One moment in the presence of God it lasts in eternity. When they came and got the ark out of Obed's house, he was devastated. Even though that ark had only been there a couple of months, that one moment being in the presence of God changed his lifetime and the eternity of his family. You can start reading in the word of God and from that moment on, they proselyted into the faith of, of Israel. They became gatekeepers at the house of God. Just that one moment in his presence lasted them for an eternity. And I come to tell you right now that one moment in the presence of Jesus Christ will change your eternity. 
with all the things that's going on in this world right now. Come on, it's setting up for the imminent return of Jesus Christ. Now you can go ahead and listen to all these other false prophets that's trying to tell you you got time. Well, I'm telling you, you don't have time because no man knows the hour or the day. The Bible said even if an angel come preaching a different gospel, come on, we need to get in this word and find out what God is wanting us to hear. He said, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is trying to say to you. Sorry. What an honor it is to be here. We're going to step out in faith. Who needs a touch in your body? Come on, you need a healing in your body. Come on, hold your hand up. God's about to demonstrate his power to you in this place. Now here's the one that's really going to take some faith. Who's never spoken in tongues in your life? Come on, lift your hands. If you're in this place, come on, lift your hands. Don't be afraid. Come on. Anybody else? God's going to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost today. Now I'm just going to follow in the Holy Ghost right now. Who is... There's a spirit of fear and depression that's trying to come against the church of the living God. We're afraid to do this. We're afraid to do that. You've been laid up in your house for months watching things you shouldn't have been watching during all these shutdowns. Come on, just listen to me for a minute. And you're messing up by listening to all the talking heads that are spouting out fear. They don't know my Jesus. I'm just going to tell you, I've made up my mind. If I die, guess what? I get a promotion. Forsake not the assembling together of one another, even more so. Come on, because he's about to come back. And I'm here to tell you that there's going to be a spirit of fear and depression and anxiety lift off some people here in just a moment. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. I want you to know that demons begin to tremble when we mention the name of Jesus. Come on, all hell begins to shake when a baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, saint of God, begins to mention the name of Jesus. Come on, it's time that you realize who you are. Come on, you're not like every other church in this town. Come on, we're not Trinitarians. We know that Jesus isn't the second person in some trinity, but he is God incarnate. Great is the mystery of God. God was manifest in the flesh. You may be seated. I preached in uh, Bellevue in January, and I was called by, while I was here, a great man of God that he needed me to, for his church. So I went, I left here and went and preached in Texas. 
By the time I got home, my wife was very ill. Her, she called me and said, don't come home. I was like, pardon me? She said, I am very sick. I can't lift my head off the pillow. Well, I told her, well, that's not how I roll. One of us goes, we both go. So I went home to take care of my wife. She's such a giver. She gave me COVID. God love her. And it hit me. I, I didn't realize I wouldn't be preaching for the next three weeks. And I was literally about to die. I'm one of them hard-headed guys. You know, any other, other guys in here? I'm not going to the doctor. My best friend is a doctor. We go all over the world preaching. And I, I, he, he was calling me. Thank God he saved my life, but my oxygen dropping down in the low 80s. I wasn't telling nobody. You doing all right? I'm doing fine. <laughs> because I'd done been to the COVID ward and prayed for Brother Guy, and I, wasn't, I didn't want to look like that. I was ready to die at home. Look how selfish we are. On the 14th day of very high fever, I had a high fever for like 14 days. Brother Mark Morgan called me, and I didn't know what was going on. He, I looked and said, Mark Morgan. I thought, dear God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and he said, Nick, what's going on? Well, I was so weak. You know, I, I, at first I was like, this ain't beating me. I'd get up and walk, you know. Ha, huh, I got this. About the 14th day, I was just crawling and my exact words were to the man of God was great words of faith. He said, Nick, what's going on? I said, I'm dying. <laughs> he said, what? I said, I'm dying. <laughs> he said, no, you're not. I said, oh, yeah, I am. He said, no, I've been talking to Jesus. And the reason I'm calling you, Jesus told me to call you. I said, I'm not in trouble, am I? <laughs> He said, no, Jesus told me to tell you you're not going to die. He said, old enemies that you defeated are seeing you in this weakened state, and they're attacking you now, and they're trying to kill you. He said, but Jesus told me to call and pray against them. So the man of God began praying against enemies. The more he prayed, the more I got up. I finally sat down in my chair, and he said, here's what I want you to do. And see, what he didn't understand was about two weeks before that, Pastor Varnum had called me. He said, I'm calling you to tell you my mom wanted me to give you a message. I said, okay, that you're not going to die. So when I couldn't lift my head up off my pillow, because my buddies Doug Kleindance, I know that's bad news to some people. It's good and bad. I have to take the good and bad with him. But when I told him that Sister Varnum had said that I wasn't going to die, he goes, oh, you're going to be fine. <laughs> well, I'd never met her till January. But let me tell you, when I got weak, I kept saying, no, Sister Varnum said I'm going to live. 
And Mark Morgan calls me and says, Jesus says you're going to live. He said, I want you to go to bed. He said, because when you go to bed tonight, angels are going to minister to you. I crawled in that bed, and guess what? When I woke up the next morning, everything was clear. Come on, I felt like a new, new man. Because I come to tell you that there's power in the name of Jesus. Come on, there's no name like the name of Jesus. COVID-19 has to bow down at the name of Jesus. Come on, diabetes has to bow down at the name of Jesus. Sickness has to bow down at the name of Jesus. Come on, every demon in hell can't stand against the name of Jesus. And when we begin to praise the name of Jesus, things begin to happen. See, there's 216 verses in the Bible on praise. And not one of them means to be quiet. Out of 248 mentions of praise in the Bible, not one of them says, we got to be quiet. Think about it. Now, we get worship and praise mixed up. Worship's on our face at the feet of God. And we're telling him how much we adore him, how much, how, how great he is. Praise is when we're in his presence. Come on, and you can feel his presence, and you begin to call out his name. Come on, that's what we need to learn how to do in our churches. We need to get back to the old time of praising him. Because he wants to hear our voice. He wants to hear us. And when he begins to hear us, when we begin to praise him, it's like incense that they burn in the temple, rising up to the throne of God. The Bible says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Psalm 98 and 1 says, sing unto the Lord a new song. Ouch. I'll be 56 in August. I know I don't look like it. Nice, thin, almost no gray hair. What I got left, I can't grow anything back here, but I can grow an eyebrow hair overnight like this. I mean, what is up with that, just to be honest with you? I can't cover up a bald spot, but I can't hear sometimes. I got so much hair in my ears overnight. So I like the old songs. But the Bible says, sing unto him a new song. For he hath done marvelous things. His right hand, that's his power. And his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known his salvation. His righteousness hath he openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a song, with trumpets and sound of cornet. Make a joyful noise before the Lord, 
the king. I can't imagine going to a quiet church. I got in church when I was 38. I'd been raised in church as a kid. And I had a friend of mine who begged me because it was his dad's birthday and I was close to his dad. He said, all my dad wants is for us to go to church with him. I said, all right, let's go. Well, it was, well, I hate to name names, but it was the first Southern Baptist church in Little Rock, Arkansas. When I walked in, everybody looked like mannequins. I wasn't raised like that. It was so cold, you could ice skate down the center aisle and shake hands with an iceberg behind the pulpit. They went to singing like, I said, hey, bro, when's the music people coming out? Oh, this is the music people. I said, dear God. And the preacher preached like 25 minutes, and I slept 23 of them. And if somebody would have jumped up and said, Hallelujah! Four people would have fell out with a coronary. They, if somebody would have jumped up and raised their arms, they'd have thought it was an armed robbery. Because ain't nobody ever raised their hands in that church. Dead and dried up. I'm glad that I am in a loud church. I'm glad I'm in a boisterous church. I'm glad that I'm in a church that knows how to praise him. If you don't like loud church, you're not going to like heaven. Because Psalms tells us to make not just a joyful noise, but a loud noise. I can only imagine when billions upon billions of the blood-bought and the redeemed gather around the throne of Jesus. He's the one who shed his blood. He's the one who saved us. He's the one who healed us. He's the one who protected us. And when we all begin to praise him, it's going to shake the very universe. And you better look out because I'm going to have me a runaway. Come on, I didn't deserve him. Come on, I was bound by fear. I was bound by drugs. I was bound by alcohol. But my God reached down into the depths of sin. He saved me. He put my life back together again. You see, praise is an act of faith. You know, maybe he hasn't healed my body yet. But I'm going to go ahead and dance in advance. Because I know he's going to heal my body. Come on, maybe my kids aren't in church right now. But I'm going to go ahead and praise him. Because my kids are coming back to God. Psalm 146 and 1 says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. In other words, as long as there's a breath in me, I'm going to praise him. When I wake up in the morning, 
Let me tell you, the first thing I said this morning was, no, Lord, it's morning. I said, good morning, Lord. Because he woke me up from asleep. Come on, I didn't wake up in intensive care. Come on, I didn't wake up in critical care. But I woke up praising him. And when I go to bed tonight, I can't wait to say, God, thank you for a great day we had in you on Sunday today. Because I want to praise him with everything that's within me. Now, praise is not just in the Old Testament. There's some out there, not here. Well, that's Old Testament. Because they never read the Old Testament. They think the epistles are the apostles' wives. They think Job is Job, so they don't want to read it for sure. You know, I travel all over. I ain't never seen so many people needing help. We'll give you a bonus. I feel like hiring on just for the bonus. I used to cook for a living. There's methamphetamines, but... I can tell them I know how to cook. $15 an hour to cook chicken. My Lord, somebody go cook some chicken for the preachers. So it's not just in the Old Testament that praise is mentioned. Romans 15 and 8 says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. That means he was a minister of the Jews for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers and that the Gentiles, look at your neighbor, unless you're not, say you're a Gentile. If you're not, shalom. (laughs) And that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. In other words, come on, people that didn't deserve, according to the word, the truth, go ahead and celebrate with the people of the truth. And again, praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him All ye people, I'm just telling you, that gives me the right to praise him. I got a right to praise him because that cross wasn't just for the Jews. But he also died for me, a Gentile and a sinner like me. Come on, that gives us a right to praise him. Lord, I thank you for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on all flesh. Not just the Jewish people, but all the Gentiles as well. Come on, that ought to make you want to shout. That ought to make you want to dance. Then Hebrews 2.9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things. 
And by whom are all things? In bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. Come on, he died for you and he died for me. He made himself lower than the angels, which is us. For one reason and one reason only. So he could go to a cross and shed his blood. So that we could be set free. So that we could go to a whipping post. You know why he went to the whipping post? It wasn't for our salvation. It was for our healing. He didn't have to be beat for us to be healed. But he took a side road and said, you know what? They need more than just a savior. They're going to need a healer. So lay that whip across my back. Because I... Because I want to heal their bodies as much as I want to save their soul. We see an act of praise mentioned in the New Testament. Jesus has preached and taught for three and a half years. He's cast out devils. He's healed the sick. And he raised the dead. Everywhere, thank you, Lord. He's going to confirm it, huh? Everywhere in the Word of God, Jesus went. Guess what he did? He cast out devils. He healed the sick. And he raised the dead. Greater things are that we're going to do than he did. So that means we need to be casting out devils. Come on, I'm not afraid of the devil. I had a guy tell me, he said, well, what if he says some things I've been doing? They quit doing them, ignorant. <laughs> quit worrying about it. I'm not afraid of every devil in this county because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And some devils are not manifest through the physical. Some of y'all need to go to your house and pray over the games that your kids have been playing. Some of y'all need to take, I, I, I check my kids' phones. You know why? Because the devil tries to go through media and get into their mind. Come on, some of you need to walk into each room of your house and say, I command every spirit in this house and in this room to leave. Come on, I believe. Come on, I go to the closets. I go to the bathroom. I command every spirit that has tried to attach itself to me while I'm traveling. I command them to leave my house and I cast out the devil in the name of Jesus. Instead of cowering in fear, realize who you are. We don't have to wrestle them. If you'll notice in the word of God, when Jesus landed at Gad, the man in the tombs, he didn't run to Jesus. The spirits ran to Jesus. He didn't talk to Jesus. It was the spirits who talked to Jesus because the spirit world knows that there is a hierarchy and they understand that they're under subjection to us. He didn't have any choice. The spirits that were in him ran to bow down to the authority over them. 
I'm praying in the name of Jesus that every demon-possessed person that drives by this building, they, the demons can't help it. They run in and bow at the name of Jesus. It's not just for the preacher. These signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick. And God's bringing us to that. But there's an act of praise in the New Testament. Jesus is on his way to his death. It's about a week until his death. And he's been warning, teaching, and preaching the disciples of his imminent death. Listen, this word is so awesome. I'm addicted to the word of God. I bring two Bibles with me <laughs> everywhere I travel. That's why my, my suits are heavy, but I also got a lot of Bibles in there. He knows his time is short. So he goes to visit Lazarus. Don't you see? He'd raise Lazarus from the dead. He just wanted to go, you ain't the only one, Jack. <laughs> you ain't the only one. I'm about to come out of the grave clothes myself. He just wanted to go by and take a peek at him and go, I got you. And they do what all apostolics do. They eat. We like to eat. And us preachers, we like to eat. Fasting is my weakness. You want to know my weakness? It's fasting. I don't mind fasting, but I get so hungry. I wouldn't have, I could do it. I used to manage a catfish restaurant when I first got in church, and I fasted 10 days. Let me tell you, a brother is serious when he's at a catfish buffet, and he goes 10 days. And my wife was working there, and I said, that's it, I'm done. She said, well, sit down, and I'll get you some soup. I said, soup, get out of my way. She said, you, ain't, you can't go through the buffet. I said, you watch me. I looked like one of the four lepers. lepers. I was. So they prepare a supper for him. The Bible says that Martha is serving. And while she's serving, Mary takes a pound of spikenard. Yes, sir. And begins to anoint the feet of Jesus. Listen, this was a selfless act of praise and worship. Spikenard was very costly and very rare for someone in this region and at this time and place to even possess this fine oil-based perfume. Spikenard's not even native to the region of Israel. Spikenard is grown on the mountainsides of China and India, and it's grown above the timberline, so you have to climb up at least above 10,500 feet to get above the timberline to find spikenard. Then it's crushed, and then it's rendered, and then it's put through a long distillation. It's distilled, and, and, it, and, and it takes many, many weeks. But when it comes to 
the perfume, it's oil-based, and it's very, very strong. They say just a few drops of spikenard and the smell will linger for days. So most historians believe this was left to her by her father as a dowry. And Martha and her sister Mary, here they are. They have just recently seen their brother Lazarus raised from the dead. And the people of that area, when they hear that Jesus is there, they become to the house of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. John 12 and 1. Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. And Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of ointment. Then say one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. Then said Jesus, let her alone against the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. So now it's just six days from the Passover. It's one week from the crucifixion. Ten days from the resurrection. And Jesus stops in Bethany to see his friend who is just raised from, his, from the dead. When his sister kneels down and anoints his feet with this precious ointment and wipes it dry with her hair, immediately the house is filled with the aroma of her praise. You see, just three drops, they said, would last for four days. And she has put a pound of this ointment on his feet. I can only imagine as six days later, as he is at the Passover with the disciples, the aroma of her praise is still strong on him. As he dips the bread with his traitor Judas, he dips it with an aroma of praise on him. As he breaks the bread and drinks from the cup, he's doing it with the aroma of praise of that precious saint of God around him. As he begins to wash the feet of his disciples, he kneels down to wash their feet in an atmosphere and an aroma of praise from Mary. As he goes to the garden where he asks them to watch and pray, he falls down on his face and says, Father, let this cup pass from me. Sweat as great drops of blood is falling from his face and he can smell the praise of Mary and he says, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine. And he accepts the cup of his destiny. Judas, his beloved, brings soldiers from the Sanhedrin court. And as they knock him down and they lead him away, they lead him away with the praise of Mary surrounding him. He's found guilty of heresy and blasphemy. And it's their custom that 70 men will line up in front of him spit in his face and slap him. And as they spit on him, they spit on him with the sweet aroma of her praise all around him. Led away to prison where he endures things that the scripture doesn't tell us of. He's tortured 
But he, as he's tortured, he can smell the spikenard and he can remember the praise of this precious saint as it rises up to his nostrils. Tied to a whipping post, every time that whip laid across his bare back, he can smell the praise of this precious saint of God. With a 125-pound cross member tied to his back and the crowd spitting on him and laughing at him, he can smell the praise of this precious saint as he makes his way to the cross. Tied to the cross member and nailed to it, he's nailed with the praise of that woman rising up before him. The last thing he can smell as he gives up the ghost was the praise of Mary rising up before him. Laid in a tomb. Three days later, he burst out of that tomb with the praise of that woman still all around him. Come on, I come to tell you, our praise means something to Jesus Christ. Come on, it's not just something that we're doing because we feel good. I feel good when I'm doing it, but my praise is an aroma that's arising up to the throne of God. When we begin to praise him, the power of God begin to fall because his praise means more to him than it does to us at sometimes. Come on, have you ever tried just going to prayer room and saying, God, I'm not here to ask you for anything. I'm here to bless you. You know how you bless him? When you walk in and say, I praise the name of Jesus. I bless the name of Jesus. There is no name like the name of Jesus. When you do that, angels begin to move. When you do that, the power of God begins to move. And I come to tell you, saints of Souls Harbor, my message that I had already prepared about holding back the angels, well, that's gone. Because when we begin to praise him, the Lord said, do it your way or you can do it my way. Come on, some of you been going through some things that your pastor doesn't even know about. Come on, some of you men have been hiding things that your wife doesn't even know about. Come on, I'm just going to get real with you. Some of you wives, you've been going through some things, but you don't want to let your husband know because you don't want to bring him down with you. Come on, when he leaves, that tightness grips your chest. You can't even take a breath because of fear and anxiety. When I come to tell you, we're about to praise him. And he's going to take that garment of heaviness. Come on, it's going to be a garment of praise that's going to fall upon you. That spirit of heaviness can't stay when the garment of praise is laid upon your back. Come on, if Mary can kneel down at his feet and give everything that she had, why can't we stand to our feet, lift our hands, and say, God, here's my ointment. I come to lay it at your feet. Come on, Souls Harbor. I want you to stand to your feet right now. I want you to begin to praise him.
So here I, I got a question to ask you. We had a five or six that raised their hand said you need a healing in your body. Since February, I have seen just as many miracles as I see when I'm overseas. The Lord spoke to me and said, I'm going to manifest myself to my church in America like I'm doing to you overseas. You see, the miracles that God showed Moses wasn't for Pharaoh. It was for God's people. Read it. It's for when he went back to the people of God, the miracle signs and wonders that he would show them was going to let them know that God was God. There's about to be more miracle signs and wonders than we've ever seen in the church because God is giving our faith built up. He's trying to show us that he is God and he is God alone. If you have a need in your body, I want you to come stand across the front. Come on, this is what apostolic churches do right here. This is what Jesus did. Cast out devils. I rebuke every devil in the name of Jesus. You have to leave this building Come on, every spirit of doubt, every spirit of fear. I want you to hear me, spirit of fear. I take dominion over you and I cast you out of this building. Come on, any spirit that is not of God, you have to leave right now. Now God is a God of his word and every spirit is bound. So now there's nothing in here but us. And the people of God. I want, you to, I want you to step a little bit closer if you can. And I want the rest of the church, we're going to circle around you right now. Come on, everybody in here. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. You're living a holy and separate life. You have a right according to Scripture. As long as you're under the authority of the pastor. Follow me? There's a headship in the Bible we have to follow. But if you follow that, you have the right to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Come on, I want the body to begin to help me to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, by the authority of the word of God and by the power that's in the name of Jesus, I speak healing right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, let faith right now. The pastor already said it. Let God arrive. Let our enemies be scattered. Come on, we scatter the enemies right now in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, begin to move in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it. Come on, I cast it out. Come on, speak to diabetes right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, I speak to cancer in the name of Jesus. Come on, I speak to heart trouble in the name of Jesus. We take authority and dominion right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, Souls Harbor. Come on, that's it. Walk in the Holy Ghost. 